Welcome back to the Podmore Get Better podcast. We are currently doing our 2019 preview slash review, and we are up next on Beals Creek. So let's jump into Beals Creek, Tony. Beals Creek. All right. First, uh, get it out of the way like we always have to. I play streaks. Will plays razoids, razors, which are very similar to grabbers. Uh, Talk about our clubs. So clubs on Beals Creek for me, I use my standard set, same as Catadreas. Uh, gap wedge, nine iron, nine hybrid, seven hybrid, five hybrid, eight wood, three bird, six, five, four, three wood, two ninety driver, and the eight and a half degree, three ten. Tony, I'm uh, pretty close to you. I got a lob wedge, sand wedge, nine iron, eight iron, six iron, five hybrid, eight wood, six wood, five wood, four wood, three wood, the not excuse me 10 and a half 290 driver and the 8.5 310 driver okay so uh yeah it's just that you have a lob wedge i have a three bird is that our difference i uh, think that's the flip yeah so uh you know i uh we'll start off on hole one i guess I'll, we'll talk yep. about the drivability of this so with, with streaks uh i feel like i can get up closer to the green than than most that aren't playing streaks uh we're looking at goldenteafan.com uh, the Will happened to take a picture. He's even after zero holes here. Uh, but uh, this is a pretty good setup. So not only is it a tiny little wind, one mile per hour, but also it's the front ma- front main box. There's a, there's a box that's closer that I've gotten maybe occasionally. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, that would make it more drivable. But from this box, it's playing about 400. And uh, at 400, I feel like I can get there with an A1 or a C3. Yeah, definitely going to give yourself a shot um, with no trouble here. I mean, yes, you have a bunker in front, but there's no stroke penalties. There's no water. There's uh, no creeks. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there, Will. Uh, yesterday in the daily, I was right of this green. Uh, there's some there's some real trouble over there actually. Oh, oh, correct. There's a little I know tiered like planter to. area, uh, yeah. and I uh, I parred my first uh, parred the first hole on the daily yesterday. Gross. Uh, ended up playing a couple more, but uh, <laughs> but anyway. So this is somewhat drivable. If nothing else, you're probably going to be able to get into that bunker for a little chip at it. Uh, but so usually I'm almost always I'm at least chipping at this for an eagle. So that's hole one. Uh, hole two. Maybe the most boring hole in all of 2019 courses. Non-drivable par four. Not particularly interesting in any way. We might treat this a lot like a par 3 here. Not going to talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it goes a little bit uphill for the second shot, which and there's a little water in front, so that's probably its only defense. But uh, in general, it's a pretty uh, pretty plain Jane hole. Uh, we talk about uh, occasionally Jim Z building courses with 17 holes and then uh, an oh shit moment, and he needs to build an 18. Has, has to throw one this in. This might have been a Jim Z sneaky 18 here. So on Golden Tee Fan, he's got the screen shot up. The pin, I find, it seems to be tucked in that front right portion of the green Yeah, 90% of the time. What I've actually started doing is laying up at the end of the first fairway as opposed to just hitting my driver long and having a 4-5-6 wood with bite into this green as opposed to a mid-range iron that potentially is going to have more action if you have bite or back spin on it. And I think I've had better success. But, yeah, this is a pretty damn straightforward par 4 uh, get your birdie, move along to hole three, which is uh, par three here. Yep, go ahead, Will. So par three here, and there are three different tee boxes. I think the majority of the time I've had tee boxes where I'm hitting woods into this hole, and the pin on this, just like in the screenshot on goldenteefan.com, 
is over on the left-hand side of the green, and I think it's been there the majority of the time. I find myself just hitting a wood into this, either a five, six, or eight, depending on your tee box, and just hitting it with bite. Uh, backspin, there is a tier in front of this green. You can potentially hit this short in the water. You could potentially hit the uh, kind of facade of the green there and bounce back into the water. So I've just chosen a high, high lofted club, hitting bite, take my birdie, move on. Yeah, for uh, I think most of the time, uh, the first par three of the round is usually one that we're chasing. We're chasing for a hole in one. Uh, this is probably the, the relative exception mm -hmm. in that uh, you know you want to play a little safer here because there's more trouble on this first par three than most first par threes. Agreed. Uh, well, you talked about that retaining wall that could come up and get you. Uh, there's a little bunker there. You know, not the biggest screen. It's a relatively tough first par three, all things being. Yeah, considered. and if you do get a hole in one, you know what you have to do. You have to crack a beer. Crack a beer. There we go. Glug glug glug. All right, hole four, par five, uh, relatively straightforward. You got one big tee box. Uh, uh, what I'm doing most of the time here is I'm uh, blasting over the water into the second fairway, we'll call it, uh, and uh, going from there, 230 or so yards probably. Uh, you know, you could get a setup where you're all the way back in the tee box and you've got a headwind. Uh, with streaks, I still feel like I can get over that. But, uh, yep. you know, depending on the balls, you, I, do you have any strategies? Are you ever run into setups where you can't get over that? No, with the razors, obviously I don't have as much distance with you off the tee or coming in on approach shots. But, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I'm just hitting a B2, just a huge high tee driver for the most part. Sometimes you don't need a tee, but I would encourage you to use one just to be safe. Just so you don't get 121 Yeah, just... Uh, just you know, spend that three cents and get over it. Uh, one piece of strategy I do have is that I'm trying to land on the left-hand side of the fairway, just giving yourself a better angle. You do bring in the rough yep. potentially into play, but you're not going to have very big wins where you're going to find your ball going out of control or getting pushed further than you thought. So not that this is a tough par five, because it's not. Uh, but it might be the toughest of the weakest par fives in Golden Tee history. There are some really easy par fives on this course. Yes. They are really marshmallows. Uh, and uh, this is, I guess, the toughest, maybe? I don't know. Not much to this par five, but, it, you know. I've, and I, on a side note, when, when you were talking, I've actually seen someone do a big C3 uh, trying to get to that deep fairway hmm. with a high T and skip it, a driver. Really? I was shocked. Interesting. It skipped with a high T. Was this down at Richmond? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. I think it was here before Richmond. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they did it on purpose. I think uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a happy accident. Uh, all right. Hole five, uh, drivable par four. Uh, I haven't really been in the very front of this box, but for me, if I'm in kind of the middle third, or maybe even the kind of toward the front of the middle third, I'm, I'm going straight at it. Straight out. Maybe a yep. little baby cut, high tee over the over the trees. There's a kind of a little dip in the trees there. But if you're in, in the back third of this tee box, for sure you're going to need to play some sort of cut, high tee cut around the trees. Agreed. Uh, hey, and we just got a notification. The Sandhill Woods episode is now available. Uh, Excellent. Uh, yeah, we're going. Uh, we're doing about an hour in between each one. So uh, maybe you're listening to Sandhill right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, so hole five. I find myself hitting my my comfortability with fulls is on full display on this hole. I, I end up hitting a lot of fulls 
uh, on this hole to you know just kind of get up on that green and have yourself a 40 foot putt yeah so to be honest this is the first challenging hole on Beals Creek yep and the first week or so after the courses came out to Tony's point I was obviously really hoping for a front portion of this box where you can go straight at the pin line up your cursor pointed uh you know at the center of the green or at the pin what it gives you and typically hitting a high five wood maybe a high four wood depending on your balls and just hitting backspin going on the green if you're in the back half of this box at tony's point you're typically going to play left once or twice one or two clicks over from the green from the pin and using some variation of a a1 with a high t typically bite or backspin uh, the pin has moved on this hole a fairly good amount. I feel like we I get feel a like good, it's been all over the screen. Yeah, I, I, th- I think they've given us a fair shake on that where we don't have consistent tee boxes. Obviously, if the pin is in the front, especially real close to that water, you might have a tendency to get greedy at that. I've been burned on that where I've tried to be <laughs> more level-headed in going after the center of the green. Unless the pin yeah. is in the back, yep. then I feel like I can chase the pin more aggressively. Yep, I agree. Uh, moving on, hole six, uh, par three, relatively straightforward. Uh, I know there's at least two boxes. I'm two tee boxes. I'm assuming there's more. Not a lot sticks out to me on this hole. No. Uh, regular old par three. Uh, have a run at it, and uh, try to get your hole in one. If not, get your birdie. Hell yeah. Uh, hole seven, another one of those tough par fives. <laughs> uh, so there's three tee boxes. Uh, the screenshot at goldenteefan.com is on the right-hand side, and from this box, I'm every single time hitting a high T 290 driver, full A1. I'm not spinning it. I'm just, and it gets over the trees and gets in the fairway. Agreed. Yep. That's... From the other T boxes, you can just go straight at the fairway, and yeah. then from there, try to get your double eagle. Yeah. To Tony's point, these par fives uh, don't seem necessarily challenging as long as you hit a good first shot you're going to have a great look at throwing it on the green and getting eagle here. I don't think there's anything terribly challenging. I would argue that the par 4s are much tougher than the par 5s here. Absolutely. Uh, there's not a lot of risk-reward on these par 5s. It's go eat your eagle and move on. Yep, and so I, I played around. I've, I've tried a few things thinking, oh, maybe I can save you know a tee from this back right box. And now, now I've clipped too many trees. Uh, from this back right box, I'm just going to hit a high. I'm going to I'm going to pay the T tax <laughs> and uh, do the 290 driver with a high T. Yeah, Jim Zelinsky's retirement fund right yeah. there. Make the trees 10 feet taller and use your T. Uh, all right, hole eight, uh, drivable par four. Uh, looks a lot like a uh, hole we just talked about on Sandhill, uh, like hole 11 or 12. That par four, very similar. Uh, the look we've got on Golden Tee Fan is extremely short. It's uh, all the way to the front of this box. Uh, I find myself relatively equal probably uh, going to the right and going to the left in terms of cutting around that grove of trees that's, that's dead in your way. From this box that on Golden Tee Fan, I'd probably, this look specifically, I'd probably move all the way to the front right and hit a full... Eight wood with bite high, or something yeah. like that. No, I don't think you have to hit high, actually. Yeah, I, I don't think you necessarily do. To Tony's point, I would agree on the 50-50 portion of this. I find that the way I approach this hole is that if the pin is on the left, I'm going to go around the right. And if yep. the pin is on the right, I'm going to go around the left. That way, if you do air and you do hit the ball a little bit short, um, you're still coming in at an angle where you give the, the ball a chance to roll out and you're going to have more green to work with. If that pin is on the front left and you go around to the left, your ball has a potential to be 
50, 60, 70, 80 feet past the hole. Whereas if you come in from the right, your ball is going to be tracking back at the hole and landing softer. Yeah, and I think maybe Will just did a save and strokes segment without even knowing it. And I think that maybe it's something that we take for granted a little bit. Right? Yeah. Uh, a hole like this, uh, you, if, 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 if I'm a, let's say, a 20 handicapper and I'm looking at this hole, I'm like, well, I got a wind blowing to the right, and I got to get around these trees, and the the pins over. The, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it around the left hand side of these trees to have the wind help you. And to have yeah. the wind help me, uh, but there's just no room for error there. Because yeah. if you, to your point, if you come up short, you're, you're in the water. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. if you if yeah you're fighting the wind, but if you're wrapping around this hole from the right to the left, uh, if you if you end up a little mm-hmm. short there or you undercut it a little mm-hmm. bit. No worries. You're probably still in the green there. And yeah. so I think that's a that's a really good accidental saving stroke segment that's something I think we just take, kind of take for granted as guys that play this play this course a lot or play this uh, game a lot. Yeah, so the underlying theory I think that we would both agree on here is that if the pin is on the right-hand side, approach it from the left, and if the pin is on the left-hand side, approach it from the right. Uh, your cut shots are just going to get that much better and give themselves that more of a second shot for your eagle putt. Yep, absolutely. Uh, hole nine, par three. Go ahead, Will. Take this par three. So, <laughs> the par threes we normally don't talk about much, but I do want to add one point to this. We have an uphill green, so I feel like we can definitely take advantage of this. I don't. I haven't really seen the pin mut move that much. It always seems to be in the center of the green, either middle of the green or forward part of the green. I don't see it off to the left very often, off to the right very often. It seems to be on that middle plane. And then just right in that middle line. As soon as you started saying that, I was like, yeah, that pin is always right there. So one thing I would note on this is that the winds are picking up right here, but I'm a thumber. I love to thumb the ball as opposed to palming it where you start bringing a little bit of baby cuts into play. But I find myself thinking that this hole is slightly uphill. We obviously don't have a altimeter where we can dictate, you know, that the the green is, you know, 12 feet – Higher, higher, uh, We've got a speedometer, but not an altimeter. Yeah. So <laughs> may, may, maybe that's in the 2020. So I find myself coming up a little short on this. I think I hit like a great five hybrid or an eight wood, but I find my ball coming up just a little short. And I don't know if that's razors, but it's something I've had to mentally adjust to yeah. where I either need to thumb it a bit harder um, and, and just make some adjustment because obviously if you don't get the ball to the hole, it can't go in. Then you can't crack your beers. Absolutely. All right, hole 10, par 5. Take it away, Will. Ooh, par 5. Another another challenging par 5 here on Beals Creek. Actually, again, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, You're probably going to find yourself, depending on the variances in the tee box, uh, obviously trying to get out to that second fairway. Yep. You're going to give yourself another great look. The majority of the time, um, I'm actually probably going through the sidewalk. There's a little pathway. There's a little gap in the trees, depending on the tee box. Uh, a lot of times I'm just hitting a big C3 with my 290 driver and get that cut or a 310 and not very often using a T. Sometimes I will do an A1 uh, depending on the wind, depending on where I am in the in the T box. Yeah, I think from the, the three T boxes, uh, from the T box that we've got on Golden T Fan, uh, I would probably use a T there just to be safe. I don't yep. want to get 121. I want to make sure I get out there. From the other two, I'm, I'm not paying that T tax. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably hit my 290 driver up and over those trees. Uh, and not use a tee because getting it out there a little bit further doesn't uh, benefit you all that much. No. Uh, hole 11, uh, par 4, drivable most of the time, I would say, or if not all the time, uh, with streaks, I would say all the time. 
uh, can be a little bit tricky. Can mm -hmm. be relatively easy as well. Yes. Uh, pretty pretty big variation in the tee box here. Technically, there's a second tee box. I've never had that front tee box. I assume that's a that's a casual tee box. Uh, but it kind of plays anywhere from let's say 320 up to 375 yards. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, depending on uh, p uh, pin and tee. Uh, a lot of the, most of the time, if I'm in the front half of this box, usually I'm probably blasting a, a driver without a high tee and trying because again I, with the streaks I need that extra backspin. You need to snap Whereas back, uh, yeah. if I'm in the back half of this box, I'm probably playing that high tee and and maybe trying to bounce it up through that little gap right in the middle. Little depends a little bit on the where the where the pin is. Uh, one of the things that I like about streaks, that one of the big advantages that I see with streaks compared to grabbers, uh, obviously the distance. Right, I'm getting another five to ten yards out of my out of my big hits uh, I'm, I'm sacrificing some spin and that's the that's the downside but also they bounce a lot more and that I really noticed that first on Dubai Dubai mm -hmm. hole one where you really wanted that oh. bounce to jump over the water Huge. and I'm assuming the razors jump a lot like the streaks those grabbers man they just wouldn't bounce and so I'm getting a lot of bounces out of the bunker on this so I'll come in with my driver and I think ah, I'm short I'm in the bunker and it'll bounce up out of the bunker and onto the green. Yeah, and, I, I, and I don't think grabbers would do that. Yeah, I've, I've had decent success with that. I often uh, find myself, to Tony's point, going for that ball neck. You have the green, and with razors, I can't quite get the distance, so I will hit a high tee every once in a while, especially with a headwind. And there's a little ball neck that Tony pointed out of rough, right in front of the green. Yep. And even if the pin is on the left or the right, my goal is to get on the green, so I'm not pin hunting. I'm not going after a hole-in-one. I'm happy leaving myself a 40, 50, 60-foot putt on this hole. Better than a chip, in my opinion. Yeah. Some people would disagree. Fox, being a much better chipper mm -hmm. than he is a putter, would probably rather have a 10-foot, 10 10-yard 10 bunker shot than a 50-foot putt, but not me. Yeah, for a putt. Yeah, for me, I've, I've found myself using that bowel neck um, as kind of a ramp or just a funnel down to the center of the green so your ball gets to the center of the green, and you're at least giving yourself an eagle chip. Uh, during the Richmond stream, there were some guys, I think it was during the qualifying round, so basically on lock conditions where everyone had the same setup, I saw a lot of folks chasing after an A1 going after that. And unfortunately, I saw some folks go long on that setup and get wet. And it drops you in what is now called deep rough, where if you cut the ball coming out of there, uh, you, you, can really, uh, you can really impact what happens on your shot, and coming up short is a, a big issue on that one. But... I don't remember that I was in Richmond. I don't. I don't remember that stuff specifically. I that, assume that uh, the fact that I had streaks made it easier on me than uh, some of the guys that didn't. Uh, but uh, I assume I eagled it. But, yeah. You know, you know, I had a few beers at that. <laughs> it was well because Beals Creek was a third qualifying course. So by that by, by that point, it's about yeah. four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, I've been at it since eleven. Yeah. Check out the Golden Tea TV dot com. Golden Tea TV. Um, stream with Richard King during the qualifier it was definitely a uh, left hand pin uh, box was fairly far back and the wind was uh, not really a helping wind so there were definitely folks going after it with A1s uh, that honestly doesn't cross my mind I don't want to come up short I don't want to go long I'd rather just end up in the bunker if I have to take a chip I'll take a chip but at least I know the line and the distance I'm going to hit properly I mean I could I could imagine a scenario imagine a setup where I might hit an A1 <coughs> but and I mean, it would be such a rare setup, and it'd be like all the way back in the box with a ten headwind, and I'd say, well, the only way I'm going to get there is with anyone. But yeah, ninety nine percent of the time, I'm going straight at them. So right, go ahead. Hole, hole, hole number twelve, I'll lead it off here. Uh, 
the screenshot in Golden Tea Fan shows two tea boxes. I know that there's at least a third, if not a fourth, because I've definitely had approach shots coming into this of uh, approximately 280, 290, all the way up to 300 yards. I know I was playing a game last night where Gervais hold a, uh, I, it must have been a six shot because the pin was tucked in the second portion of the green, approximately 290 yards away, and he jarred the thing. I ended up in the rough. It wasn't but pretty. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, th th this is a decent par three here. The tee box, uh, yeah. you know, can move around. Then the pin on this hole is definitely moving around, so it, it, it can set up differently each time where you're going to have to definitely know how to cut the ball into this hole uh, depending on what type of win and pin location you have. And I think all the all the tee boxes come in from this angle. I think coming in from, uh, yeah, I mean roughly this angle. Yeah. Uh, I think a, a pin or a tee box, I'm sorry, all the way to the right, you know, 90 degrees right of the green. Would be interesting too. Uh, interesting shaped green. I, I think it's a really, uh, you know, we don't get a ton of greens shaped like this. We, the pin, at least a lot of the time has been, kind of all the way back middle. Yes. And that's a that's a, that's a tough little pin, especially if you got a left to right wind. You got to maybe cut your, in my case, three hybrid in from this tee box. I might cut it in with bite. Uh, you know, for a hole twelve par three. It's not the front end anymore. It's the back mm -hmm. nine, but this is a, it can be a tough little hole, especially. I mean, there's a lot of places to tuck that pin. With a with a green this shape, there's a lot of places they can put that pin where it's like, oh, good thing the wind is coming this way, not that way. Yeah, I think this is a, a par three where I find myself using bite a lot as opposed to backspin, and I, I don't find myself trying to chase this hole that often. Yeah. I'm looking to you know kind of play you know target golf or bullseye golf where I'm leaving myself a, you know something from the pin to 20 feet out and I'm happy take yep. my birdie and move on because yep. you can definitely get stymied on this hole uh, hole 13 another one of those brutal par fives oh my goodness uh, I am always blasting to the second fairway agreed uh, although I will say uh, it doesn't show up uh, I think there's three tee boxes uh, at least two uh, I know that way off to the to the right so the the tee box that we have is I think the longest set up uh, Again, you can still blast over it. Probably use a high tee, even though yeah. you think, well, maybe I can clear it, save my tee tax. Uh, <laughs> no, pay the tee tax. You don't want that. You don't want to get one twenty one. Yeah. You want to get one forty five. Hell yeah. Clear the clear the uh, clear the water and uh, get in the fairway. Uh, from the right hand side, actually, I've gone way to the right. There's a grove of trees, probably four hundred yards out there, uh, from this tee box. Uh, from the right hand tee, you can actually go right of that grove of trees and and come in. From the pin that we have on goldenteafan.com, kind of tucked in the in the deep right of that that green. This is a good green too, actually. Uh, kind of a kind of almost a, a boomerang shape, yeah. uh, with a little hill of grass in the middle. I would not advise going into the rough to the right with that pin in the kind of the end of the boomerang. But uh, with a lot of pins on this hole, uh, nothing wrong with being in the rough way to the right of the grove of trees that's up there. No, spot on. Can't disagree with anything you said. Great approach. So Beals Creek, hole number 14, is a par 4, and this one took a little bit of getting used to for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. We talked about on one of the earlier par 4s, if the you know pin is on the right, potentially going to the left. If the pin is on the left, potentially going to the right. Uh, and that somewhat plays true here, except for the fact that oftentimes you can go straight at this pin. Mm -hmm. Whether it's with a high tee, whether you're in the back box going with a 4-wood or 5-wood, but the one thing that took me a while to get used to was the winds. As these winds are picking up, I found myself either coming up way short or way long initially the first couple times I played this. 
and really having to get my speed right in terms of getting the proper distance. And to Tony's point, similar to some of these other holes, there are definitely a couple little crannies on this uh, where they've tucked the pin. I don't see the pin sitting in the center of the green very often. It either seems to be off to the far left or the uh, short right portion of the green. Yeah, where... you've got a front cranny, a left cranny, and a right cranny. Yeah. And, and it's and, never and, anywhere but those three crannies. Yeah, and, and, and it doesn't... Uh, give you that much of an opportunity to really uh to really pin hunt uh, again you're almost yeah. playing target golf where you're looking to leave yourself that you know 10 15 20 foot putt take your eagle and move on yeah so, i think some of these some of these drivable par fours uh you are pin, pin hunting it, it's mm -hmm. almost like a long par three yeah you want to yep. try to get some gsp maybe get that hole in one uh this is one of those where you you're on this tee box you say yeah i'll take my eagle here yeah I, I i'm happy to get my eagle hell yeah uh and, and go on to the next hole and uh yeah i think a uh, good point i mean the winds are up at this point uh and uh you can get straight over those trees with with some setups uh but the the tallest trees of course dead in line with the green so yeah. you maybe <laughs> have to pay a little baby a1 or a baby c3 around that and you got bunkers right in front and bunkers long but uh so it's gonna be tough to bounce up onto the green like you might be able to on some other drivable par fours yeah so i find myself the second i get to this hole is obviously lining up with the pin or the center of the green with my uh cursor you know your club indicator and immediately holding down the flyby button because yeah. i want to see i want to see where that top of the tree is yep there's, uh, there's trees you can go over to the left and the right in that grove of trees, but dead center, dead smack in the middle, there's a tall tree you can't get over. And so oftentimes I'm holding down flyby button, dropping a tee, and the nice part about this is that the trees at the bottom don't have much foliage in them. So a lot of times you can, number one, look at where the pin is, and then number two, look at the tree you're trying to clear and yeah. drop your tee accordingly, and that's how I find myself playing yeah, this Yeah, actually, the, the screenshot here that we've got in Golden Tee Fan, you can actually see the tee, the, the pin sorry, through the trees. So that's always helpful. Always, we talked about this a little bit on Cat Andreas, uh, the, 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 uh, the winner of the Landon's Landing, the yeah. winner of the, the Build-A-Hole. And uh, it's always helpful to be able to see the, the pin because you're, you're offset, uh, so it's always helpful to be able to see... I, I'm much better at visualizing how offset I am if I can see the pin as compared to uh, relying on the overhead view. Agree. how offset Agreed. I am. Oh, another par five, Tony. Here we go. Why don't you take this one? Oh, boy. I'm not sure if we've got enough time today can, can, to talk can we about break all this the down? options here. Ooh. Uh, so, uh, two main options. Three. We'll go with three main options. We'll throw them all out there. Uh, one, if you're in the very front box, uh, a lot of times I find myself just blasting over all the trees with a 290 or a 310 driver and leaving myself 100, 110 yards in. Uh, but the other two tee boxes, which are right next to each other, so I don't know why he didn't just make it one tee box. Um, <laughs> if I've got a tailwind, and that's, that's the look we have on Golden Tee Fan, uh, if I've got a tailwind, uh, I'll probably go over the bunkers. Yep, a high tee over, it. Yep. over the bunkers. If I've got a headwind, I'll probably lay up in the end of the first fairway. The end of the first fairway, is you're probably 290 or so yards, and every club that you might be hitting, except for like an eight and a half low t uh, 310 driver, uh, is gonna clear the trees that you might have to go over. And so 
Uh, and actually, I, I started doing that shot after Richmond. I saw some people laying up at the end of that fairway, and I thought, oh, that looks pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I've done the uh, end of the first fairway a couple times as well. So you mentioned a third option, because I, I tend to agree with you. Oh, um, those are my, I listed my three. Oh, so there's, there's a, a fourth. Th there's a fourth. I thought you were going to bring this up. So 85% of the time I find myself hitting a high tee trying to clear those bunkers from the two back tee boxes. The fourth option here is that in the second fairway, we have another nippler boob uh, <laughs> that... Uh, I can I, tell I, what's on Will's yeah, mind. Maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a ball sack, an old hairy ball sack. Yeah, but, but just to the right of those bunkers is a landing area. And if yep. you land in that landing area, typically you can save a tee, not pay the tee tax, and hit a 290 driver over that right-hand portion of the second fairway, okay, and there's going to be a tree that's directly blocking the green. But I don't can, like the sound of that. But you can hit a slight A1 or a slight C3, just a slight cutty, into that green. Now, the nice part is is that the rough short somewhat filters down and funnels down into the green. If you go long over the bunkers initially on your drive, if you're short and you have a giant headwind, you're trying to hit backspin that, you can suck back into the water. The second fairway off to the right, you're going over it, you're taking a lot of water out of play there. Okay. So I've, uh, I've actually found myself, I think I saw that in one of Richard King's streams as well, uh, someone playing from there, and I, I thought it was a great shot, had a, a decent round going where I could afford to kind of experiment, and I, I like that spot. It's pretty solid. Okay, uh, next up, hole 16, uh, drivable par 4. A uh, couple tee boxes here. Most of the time, it seems like you're getting in the back of the two tee boxes, which is the bigger yeah. one. Uh, and I find myself hitting uh, almost exclusively a high tee six five four wood on this one. Yep, that's about it. Into the down seven. So again, with streaks, I gotta be a little bit careful, especially if I've got a tailwind. Maybe it's a eight wood even. But uh, for the most part, it's uh, land on the green with backspin, high tee, and let it just kind of trickle down toward the hole. Yeah, if, if you're late in your round and you feel like you're chasing a score, as you can see the leaderboards and who is where with shot points, and you find yourself needing shot points, a lot of times with the headwind, I've found myself clubbing up one club past the pin, but ultimately, instead of palming it into this hole, actually thumbing a high T wood into this. Uh, with the slope of the green, you, you can notice that a lot of it is strictly downhill. You'll get a little bit maybe of left as well. But I feel like you can actually chase after this hole. And, and in yeah, Golden T, I, I don't think there are many holes this late as a hole 16 where you can actually chase and feel like you got a shot at holing it out or getting some shot points to bump you up the leaderboard. Yeah, and I think uh, sometimes you got to be a little bit careful you get in your head, okay, I can I can chase on hole 16. And I agree this is a this is a whole lot of opportunity or a mm -hmm. shoddy opportunity. Uh, but you don't want to get too reliant on that because as soon as that pin goes on the left-hand side of the green, which is a lot smaller, you, think, yeah. you still got in your head, oh, I can chase hole 16. Mm, probably just dial it back a little yep. bit if yep. the pin's on the left-hand yeah. side and, and don't worry about the hole. Just get it yourself on the green, and, you know, if you happen to get shoddy, so be it. All right, hole 17, par 3. Uh, not a lot to it. Go no, ahead, Will. No, th th <laughs> this isn't that bad. I do find myself turning often, if I have a crosswind, turning often, and whether it's either one left or one right, and trying to play something back into the wind so, number one, I can take the distance off. I feel like I have a tweener here fairly often. As you can see in the Golden TTV screenshot, uh, we only have 87 yards to the pin and we have a 100-yard club. The, this is my round, incidentally, 
and that's a shot where I probably wouldn't want to necessarily hit backspin on that shot. If you end up you know, running the ball past the hole and sucking it back towards the pin, you have a shot to unfortunately get wet. There's water on the front portion of the screen. So I find myself either using nothing or using bite. I don't use backspin here terribly often unless I have a wind I feel like I can be successful with. Yeah, I have a, I have a little bit less concern on that because of the streaks, but again, depends on the wind uh very often i'm i'm playing bite on this mm-hmm. uh, especially with this look here i'd probably play i you know turn one low t all the way back in the t back t box with some bite and uh and if it happens to trip one the hole all the better yeah for a for a closing par three on uh, the 17th hole we've uh, definitely seen tougher par threes at the end of a round over golden tee history uh you're you know, you're, you're taking your birdie. This should be a birdie every dang time for your round. We've, we've seen much tougher, and this isn't bad at all. But moving on to hole 18 here, uh, we have a sharp down 10 green with a creek running in front. Uh, the green is kind of weird. I feel like if the pin is up front, as close as it can be to you, that it's slightly elevated. And if the pin is down towards the back, I feel like it's slightly downhill. So I, I feel like the tee box is consistently right in the middle of the green, and that's something I've tried to kind of base my shots on. And for an 18th hole, I find myself thumbing it into this hole a lot if the pin is down uh, towards the bottom of the green. Uh, Typically a four wood, five wood. If the pin is up top, I'm usually clubbing down and hitting the ball hard. So when I have backspin on, it's gonna suck back up towards that pin because if you thumb into that on a down 10 green, uh, a lot of times, if you're thumbing into that and not getting the RPMs or the MPHs on your speed meter, the ball is going to continue to roll down the hill and not get you closer to the pin. Yeah, so this, uh, for me, this is probably, the, uh, I'll say, the tough, toughest hole as it relates to having streaks. So uh, every other course that I use streaks on, I don't feel like there's a hole that really kills me. I've already talked about Sand, Sand Hill 18 also has a downtown green. But with the skip opportunities there and the spinny two iron opportunities there, hasn't been that much of a problem for me. This is probably the one that hurts me the most that I have streaks. It's a down 10 green. It's not uphill or downhill. I can't skip it. Uh, it's, it's a distance that's usually a wood. So, uh, you know, if I've got a big tailwind daily today, front pin 15 tailwind. That's a terrible setup yeah. for me with streaks. Uh, I'm going to have to make do because I'm going to use streaks up for other reasons on the daily today. But... Uh, but this, I'd, I'd be happy to see the setup that we've got here on Golden Tee Fan, uh, just because anytime I don't have a tailwind, I'm happy on this hole yeah. because uh, tailwind can be a real killer. So I end up in that, I end up in that bunker uh, just a little bit long, uh, several, you know, a decent amount of the time, just because uh, no way to stop that ball sometimes. Yeah, I, uh, w- with the exception of the par fives, I think the par fours on this course are exceptional. I, I think they're really good. I think they're really fair. You see some short par fours. You see some. You know, fairly long par fours as well. Uh, you have some shot shaping going on and some straightforward ones. So you you have ones where you're ha- happy to get eagle, but then others that you feel like you can chase. Uh, to Tony's point earlier to start off this podcast and our review of Beals Creek, uh, the par fives are, no, no offense, Jim Z, I love you, and I know you want your T-tacks, um, but they're they're pretty plain Jane. I mean, they're they're pretty monotonous, pretty boring. Yeah, I but, think... Uh... I agree. The, the par fours on this course are good. A lot like Sandhill. I, like, mm-hmm. I think Sandhill's par fours are exceptional. Um, and I think those are the, uh, the best. Those two courses are the best group of at least the drivable par fours that we've got. I think on Cat Andreas, there's a lot of drivable par fours, but a lot of them can be kind of similar. 
Yes. Um, and then uh, the other the other courses I think uh, are more tend more towards Catedreus in terms of the drivable par fours and their similarity compared to Beals Creek and Sandhill, which do have a lot of unique looking drivable par fours. Yeah. So I I think in our overall review of Beals Creek, I, I think we figured that optimal GT par is going to be a thirty, maybe a thirty one under if you can drive hole one. Yep. Yeah. A, a, every time you play it, so it's it's a scorable course. I think it's a fun p- course. Like we talked about, the par fives aren't going to burn you. Go get those eagles every time. The, the par fours are going to improve your game with some of the shot shaping. And you can tef- definitely put up a good number on this course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for listening to our review of Beals Creek. Uh, we're going to do all these podcasts separately so we can get them tagged separately so you guys don't have to listen to a super long podcast. If you need help on a particular course, you'll be able to hone right into that course. So we've got two more courses left to cover, Agave and Pembroke. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Talk to you guys in a sec.